You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We've got a, a fun show today. We've got lots of uh, tech topics to talk about. Uh, really cool one. We've uh, got Ted Christonis coming on in a little while to talk about uh, tech in cars. Google and Apple are trying to take over your car. In particular, your dashboard. They want to basically own your dashboard. It's the last frontier for technology, and uh, they're going to both uh, try to get into that space, and we'll see which one's going to come out on top. Well, we'll get all the, the details from Ted on that. Uh, some other stories uh, as well. Google getting further into the virtual reality world. Uh, LinkedIn uh, is now saying there's even more hacked uh, accounts, and uh, Uber is testing self-driving cars. Uh, LinkedIn. So back in 2012, apparently there was a breach. Hackers got in and stole the usernames and passwords of uh, what LinkedIn said back then uh, up until I think this week was about six and a half million uh, usernames yes. and passwords. Well, now it's coming out. Uh, LinkedIn is saying, oh, maybe it was a little more. We think it was more like 117 million. <laughs> yeah. Which is a, a, little, a little more. Yeah, it's a little far off from six and a half million. Uh, but that's kind of freaky. You know, we're seeing more and more of this, these, uh, these big sites, uh, social media sites, e-commerce sites getting hacked and usernames and passwords getting stolen. So why is that important? Because uh, they want to steal your identity. If they can get that, then the hackers, and typically these things are run by organized crime now, they'll start then trying to use that same username and password on a bunch of other sites like banking sites, uh, you know, the Amazon sites to uh, to try to get into your goods. By the way, do you know how much your password and username is worth on the black market? Because I do. Mine specifically yes. or just an average? Well, well okay, yours <laughs> might be a little bit more because like, no, you're probably a public not. figure. <laughs> Five bitcoins. Five bitcoins. That's what the, the on the black market right now. That's what it goes for. So they were trying to sell these these passwords. Now, like you said, first they thought it was six and a half million. Then I was like, actually, our bad. It's one hundred seventeen million. When you consider the fact that LinkedIn has four hundred million users, that's like one in every four people. So if you and just about everybody has a LinkedIn account, especially in business, you probably got a notification to change your password. Did you get it? I can't remember. I've I changed it back a few months ago. No, so. you sh it, it just came out the other day. I, actually, yesterday I got a notification that they said, oh, uh, yeah, so um, we need you to change your password. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really tell you why, though. Yeah. But I did change it. And the, the reason why it's important is we know this, okay? Everybody uses the same passwords for multiple sites. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm guilty of it. I, we all are, okay? And I know we tell people you're supposed to have different passwords, but it's hard to manage. So if they have that password and your username or say your email, that gives them the back door into a lot of different websites. And that's why it's important to change that password right now. But it's probably already compromised and you probably use that password everywhere. So, um, so uh, as a safety precaution, if you do have a LinkedIn account, probably good to go in and change the password. Yeah, and you'll get that notification when you try to log into LinkedIn. It'll ask you to change your password. You know, we... Um talk a lot about Google and all the, the crazy things they're doing. Uh, back in 2014, they came out with Google Cardboard. And not everyone knows about this, but essentially, uh, it was a virtual reality headset made out of cardboard, card, cardboard, literally. <laughs> so <laughs> the idea was that uh, you stick your phone into the, the front part, and that's your viewer, uh, you know, uh, essentially. And so they came out with the Google Cardboard apps as well. So you could do little virtual reality things. Um, you know, kind of budget, but still kind of a cool foray into VR. 
they just had their big developers conference uh, down in uh, California, I believe, and uh, they've announced uh, a new kind of uh, VR system called Daydream yeah. uh, that uh, will take, I guess, virtual reality to the next level. What they're really doing is they're going to go head-to-head with Facebook because Facebook purchased Oculus Rift. And Mark Zuckerberg believes that VR is the next frontier for computing. So obviously Google is going to get into the game right now. They're not just going to have a cardboard piece for for long. They were just kind of experimenting with it. But, you know, that's going to happen. You've tried a VR headset. I've tried it. The one issue that and from everybody that I've talked to about a VR headset, it makes them sick. You get nauseous when you use yeah, it. Even you, do. you, you got nauseous. Yeah, I tried out the, uh, the HTC one, uh, brought it home, set it up in my living room. And it was amazing. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. It's come a long way. And, you know, I tried a bunch of different demos and, and games and, you know, even this underwater scene where, you know, giant whales were floating past me. Um, but, uh, you know, I did that for about an hour. And then later that night, you know, I was out and I got really sick. I was getting really nauseous, like kind of uh, seasickness. And yeah. I couldn't figure out why, but it was because of the, the VR headset. We, gotta, we can't forget, we were once cavemen. We didn't have VR headsets. Our <laughs> brains are not made for this stuff. It starts to play tricks on you. Yeah. And uh, by the way, trivia question. You know what the world record is now on VR for somebody being in the VR world nonstop? What kind of idiot would be in there for more than so, somebody? So, you know somebody's going to do it. Yeah. 25 hours. Are you kidding? Yeah. Okay. I think I might, I might have to try to beat that. Yeah, you should do that. <laughs> I, the, I might get sick, though. Yeah, really on your holiday, okay? Oh, sure. So, this, uh, this on Monday, we'll try it out. So this new uh, Google Daydream uh, VR uh, system basically is uh, a set of specifications for handset manufacturers uh, for the new phones that they have coming out uh, to make it work with the, uh, the apps in that ecosystem. Well, Samsung's already doing that with their VR headset. You can put a Samsung Galaxy phone inside of it. So you don't need an independent thing like the HCC Vive, which is like you actually need a full-on computer yeah. to connect to it. And that get, makes it difficult because when we were trying it, we had to find the fastest computer possible. Yeah, we needed a, a powerful one. They're actually making laptops now specifically for VR. There's a company called MSI, and they're just designing these laptops for the VR uh, enthusiasts out there because you need – we're not just talking a gaming laptop. This thing's got to have all the bells and whistles to handle it. So Google's doing that different approach. They're so like, you already have a smartphone. Let's put it inside our little headset, and then you can go and – into the virtual reality world. Well, we'll keep uh, you guys uh, up to date uh, on that as we get more news. Uber. We're uh, hearing a lot about Uber lately, and uh, now they're getting into self-driving cars as well. And I, th- I think a lot of us saw this coming. If they can get rid of the uh, the, the help, driver. the driver, <laughs> they can make even more money. So uh, they've uh, been developing a, a self-driving car themselves. Uh, they've got an advanced technology center in Pittsburgh, and uh, they're using a, a Ford Fusion. And uh, if you've seen a picture of this, you know, Google it. Uh, it's this Ford Fusion with all sorts of giant sensors and cameras and lasers all over it that uh, basically can drive itself. Basically, what we're talking about is like self-driving taxis. So you can order an Uber. This car just appears in the future, okay? But they're experimenting it right now. But you could just order a car, and a car arrives. You get into the car, and it drives you home. Like, pretty cool, pretty cool concept. Kind of weird, eh? It is. Like, who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to talk to anymore? Talk like, to yourself. I guess so. Maybe yeah. talk to Google or... Talk to Google. <laughs> well, um, you know, a lot of the big car companies are into this as well. Yeah. So one of the big competitors down in the U.S. To, uh, against Uber is a company called Lyft. We haven't really seen them up here in Canada so much yet. Um, GM has bought a huge stake in them. Yeah. Uh, so they're really, uh, I guess, betting big on uh, 
self-driving cars and these ride-sharing services uh, in the future. So uh, it's going to be interesting because that's going to potentially put a lot of people out of work as well. Well, what, what Uber said was the biggest cost right now for their service is the driver. So get you, rid of the human. You take the middleman yeah. right out of the equation. The human. Yes. Yes. And now you got a really profitable business because you have these self-driving taxis basically running around the city with no driver to have to worry about or to pay. Well, the the Uber uh, C- CEO though kind of uh, said that yeah, this is cool, but he did tweet out uh, essentially uh, driverless car cars are a multi-decade transition. I'll see you in uh, the year twenty thirty-five. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not going to happen in the next couple of years. There's a lot of different, even the framework for legislation to allow, you know, a a self-driving car on the road. We talk about this all the time. If the, if it gets to an accident, who's at fault? And so that, that all has to be sorted out before we actually see. Blame your Honda. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It was my Honda's fault. It was Uber's fault. We are going to have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll continue on this uh, car technology theme. Apple and Google are battling for your dashboard. We've got uh, Ted Christonis, uh, who will be coming on the line to explain what that means. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Still uh, lots of great tech stuff. We're going to be going open line uh, for the last half of the show, as usual. So get your dialing fingers ready. We'll be taking your tech calls and questions. And, of course, uh, App of the Week with Christina Stoyanova. Google and Apple battling for the dashboard in your car. Car stereos. Uh, I remember back uh, when I first got my, uh, my Honda Civic, my 88 Honda Civic, uh, you know, I saved up my money and got this beautiful Pioneer car yes. stereo. Uh, it was amazing. But it was like, I think like $1,200 back then. I got the, the cream of the crop because, you know, 88 Honda Civic, you want to really well, you got <laughs> just that thing yeah, up. Exactly. Well, uh, now a lot of the uh, car stereo guys having a hard time now because uh, most of these cars have these giant touchscreens built in. They've got the factory stock stereo, and many of them now are cutting deals with Apple and Google to have uh, their interfaces built in. To help us understand what that's all about, we've got uh, Ted Christonis on the line. Thanks for joining us, Ted. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. So explain to our listeners what uh, Apple and Google are doing with the car stereos now. Yeah, so this isn't, uh, it's not brand new. Uh, This was initially introduced, CarPlay in particular was introduced initially uh, in late 2014, and then Android Auto followed in 2015. And so what these are basically are what are called projection platforms. So basically they reside on the phone and then they are projected to a compatible head unit in the car. So as long as the software and the hardware is compatible on the car side, then you can have the platform work. Now, the caveat to that is that in most cases, the cars are not compatible. So certain vehicles had it last year from the factory, and more of them do this year. This is actually the year that I think two are really breaking out. Uh, But prior to that, the compatibility basically doesn't exist. Uh, so, I yeah. tried it uh, on a, a Volkswagen that uh, you know I rented a car when I was in Toronto back uh, last month, and it was the first time I actually tried uh, you know the Apple CarPlay feature, and I loved it. It was amazing because you know I'm so used to using my iPhone, and here you know once I plugged it in with my cable, uh, it projected it right up on the car stereo screen, and uh, you know I had my map there, I've got my music, and it just made it so much easier and integrated. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my opinion, and I, you know, I've used, I have both in my car, both Android Auto and CarPlay. I've had them uh, going back almost a year. 
So I'm really, really well-versed with both, and, and I've got to experience both, and as you know, I've reviewed them both. Um, yeah, they, these, are, these are two of the best, these are probably the best ways to integrate uh, an iPhone or an Android phone into a vehicle. And, and i got to say, the, the bar was already pretty low as it was, so that doesn't mean that they are they're amazing platforms in every respect. They're not. There there's some very big flaws, but uh, but they are the best out there right now. I mean, a lot of the basic things from messaging to calls uh, to maps, uh, some of those basic things, and, and to a certain extent, music playback are, are a lot easier uh, where you don't even have to touch the phone at all. And I think that's the whole purpose when it comes to driving with uh, with your smartphone. Ted, you know, we all know that uh, distracted driving is a big issue right now. Are these kind of like, are, is it more of a distraction or is it kind of eliminating that distraction and, and getting people away from using their phones while they're on the road? Well, Andy, the design is supposed to be, as you mentioned, it's supposed to be not distracting you. The idea actually is you plug it in and you're actually not really supposed to look at it after um, or even touch it. But the, the, the truth is that in some cases you're, you're, you kind of have to because something may go wrong or you want to use an app that CarPlay that has no CarPlay support. So I'll give you an example. So if I want to listen to music on SoundCloud, uh, it's an app that I like, uh, there's, no sound, there's no CarPlay compatibility on that. So I actually have to set that up first. So before I drive off anywhere, I have to start my playlist first. I can control it. I, I mean, I can skip tracks and I can pause and play but I have to start that playlist before I, I drive, unless I'm at a red light, which is not a good idea. And then I can maybe do it there. But so with certain apps that are not supported, you have to you have to use them when you're not driving, uh, and, and set them up that way. And then if you want to use Waze, or for example, you want to use Google Maps on CarPlay, you can't. Um, you, you can you can hear the audio of the map, but you can't see the map because Apple is only allowing its own mapping application to to work through. Funny how that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like with Android Auto, I mean, Google Maps is your only option. You can't use any other mapping uh, applications. So so there are certain limitations. Uh, there are other weird things that I've seen, too, like with Spotify, where if the, if the app has been frozen on your phone for too long, uh, it just doesn't play anything. Um, if, you know, you plug it in and, you know, you see it on your, on your, your screen in the car, but it doesn't play anything. So you have to then go back, you have to quit the app completely, and then relaunch it from the car in order to play music again. So little things like that can be very, very frustrating. You've tried both. Uh, which one do you think is doing a better job? Are they very similar? Well, yeah, it's a good question because they're actually very different uh, in appearance and in some cases in operation. Um, I, I find I like that with, for, with, our, with CarPlay, you can actually get to Siri without actually pressing anything. You can just say, hey, Siri. And then it pops up and it asks what you want to do. Whereas with Android Auto, you actually have to press, you have to hold down the uh, the, um, the search button. But uh, as you guys probably know, at Google I.O. this past week, uh, Google did announce that they were going to make Android Auto run off the phone, uh, purely off the phone. Meaning that if you had your phone with you, you basically, you know, mount it on your dash somewhere. And the Android Auto experience would just run off that phone. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty interesting because that, that basically makes the platform uh, available to, to basically everybody, that, you know, even those who don't have a screen in their car. So someone who's driving in 
So if I could quote, if I could quote you, Ted, you're saying that the Apple one is better. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even get started Uh, with me, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. They're they're pretty evenly matched. I mean, they are. Uh, There are certain pros and cons uh, with both, of course, but they're they're pretty evenly matched. They both handle each each of their platforms quite well, and uh, and each of them have uh, some advantages over each other. Um, What I'd like to see is is a little bit more. Uh, a little more uh, uh, development, uh, a little faster development in this area, and a little more app support. I think that's that's missing too. They're, they've been very, very kind of slow in in, in adding uh, apps uh, to be compatible. Ted, I want to thank you for joining us today. Where can people find out more information about you? Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at by Teddy K B Y Teddy K, um, and uh, work for Mobile Mail, Mobile Syrup. Uh, a bunch of other uh, sites. Um, a Google search of my name pretty much will bring up all kinds of stuff. Good stuff? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> all good stuff. I read all of his articles. That was Ted Christonis, tech journalist, uh, regular contributor here on the show. We're going to have to take a break, but I do want to open up the phone lines. We'll take any of your tech calls or questions. We'll be your, uh, your on-air tech support. Or if you need some buying advice as well, we can uh, help you out with that. The number is 6 6- Zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight, and if you're phoning long distance uh, anywhere in Canada as well, the number is one eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. Again, one eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight, and uh, we will actually give a prize to uh, one of the callers this week uh, as well. So we'll uh, tell you what that prize is, and uh, at the end of the show, we'll uh, pick one of the callers that uh, have dialed in. You're listening. To Get connected. Brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We still got uh, lots to talk about. Later on, we'll uh, be getting App of the Week from Christina. We're opening up the phone lines right now. We're going to take your tech calls and questions, 604-280-9898. And if you're phoning long distance, 1-877-399-9898. To one of our callers today, we're uh, giving away a pair of uh, Logic's earbuds. These are uh, great uh, earbuds. You can listen to your uh, music and podcasts on your uh, iPhone or your Android uh, phone. And uh, we've got another uh, weekly contest as well. I don't know if I like this one, but... I like it. This is why we're giving this away. We're giving away... This is a very unique contest that we're giving away this week. It's called the Eagle Energy Portable Caffeine Vapor. What it really is, it looks like a, a pen, but inside of it is natural caffeine extracts that gets heated up, and then you inhale it, kind of like those e-cigarettes, except it's not tobacco. It's just caffeine. So if you like your cup of joe in the morning, you don't even have to drink it anymore. You can get that caffeine but straight into your I like, I like your drinking my cup your of coffee. Your old-fashioned, Mike. This oh. is like the spinach for, like, for Popeye. What spinach was for Popeye, this is what it is for the millennial generation. You don't even have to drink coffee anymore. You just have to get that caffeine into your bloodstream and off you go. You don't even have to hit snooze now. You just put one of these on your, beside your bed and uh, you'll be up and ready to go like in no time. And we're going to give a 10-pack, and uh, that's a lot of caffeine we're going to give away. All you got to do, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. It's a cool little company. It's called the Eagle Energy Portable Caffeine Vapor. Great technology, especially if you love caffeine first thing in the morning. I don't know if we're going to let you pick the prizes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it. It works. We've opened up the phone lines, taking any of your tech calls and questions, 604-280-9898. We're going to jump here to Kathy. How are you doing, Kathy? I'm doing fine. What can we do for you? Well, I bought um, a Lincoln Navigator a year ago, and I've had trouble with the Bluetooth ever since. 
and I have a um, an iPhone. Yep. And they tell me that uh, they're having trouble with Apple. Do you know anything about that? Lincoln is. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. No. <laughs> what kind of uh, iPhone do you have? Uh, I think I have a, a, a three. Oh, okay, an older one. Yeah, it's it's an old. It's about three or four years old. Yeah. Uh, that could be one of the issues. Yeah. That one, uh, if if it is a three or three G, uh, that is that is pretty old in the big scheme of technology. Um, I, I find sometimes the older phones don't work as well with these Bluetooth car stereos, so that could be uh, a challenge. Any thoughts there, Andy? Well, you got to remember back in the the three G and the and the iPhone four. I think it was using Bluetooth three, and there's a new standard for Bluetooth called Bluetooth four, which is low energy, and it is. Fantastic, because when Bluetooth first came on the scene, do you remember when it first came around 2012? Yeah, they were making like printers that you could connect through Bluetooth and it would never work. You were at CES. You were telling me about Lady Gaga. Yes, was trying to do something and she couldn't get it working on. Oh stage. my God! Yeah, she was with Polaroid. Yeah, and they had this new uh, little printer that uh, would work with your smartphone wirelessly through Bluetooth. And uh, yeah, of course, they had Lady work. Gaga there as the spokes spokeswoman, and they could not get that thing to connect. <laughs> so, so with the Bluetooth 4, it has made significant improvements because when it first came on the scene, if you, if you turn Bluetooth on, it would just kill your battery. Yeah. So they, they figured out how to do that. They've also extended the range of Bluetooth. So you can go almost 30 feet. One suggestion I would do, you got to try to isolate what the problem is. Is it your phone or is it your navigator? So basically try to get a Bluetooth speaker or something that will connect to Bluetooth from your phone and see if you can get that connection. If that works, then it might be the navigator, but you really need to isolate that problem. Yeah, and unfortunately, Kathy, it, if I had to make a gut call on that, it might be because your phone is a, a little older and yeah. it's having trouble uh, with you know what? the newer Get navigator. somebody with a, a newer phone to try to connect yes. to your thing. and see and if then that works. It, it's really about isolating and finding out where the issue is. Is it the phone or is it the navigator? Yeah, phone Lincoln. They can buy you a new phone. Oh, yeah, get Lincoln to phone Apple. <laughs> <laughs> 604-280-9898. We're going to give away a pair of Logic's uh, earbuds to one of the callers uh, today. We're going to jump here to Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Please forgive me if you've answered this question numerous times in the past. Okay. I would like to uh, encrypt a laptop, full disk encryption. Any third-party software off the shelf that you would recommend? That is a great question. I haven't uh, encrypted any laptops recently. Andy, have you? Are you are you trying to encrypt like the data or just try to prevent people from accessing the laptop, like uh, basically authentication? Both, actually. Uh, uh, how this came up was a friend of mine had his laptop stolen out of his vehicle here recently, and there wasn't any data files in there, but of course there's lots of cache files built into Windows or any other operating system, and I'm just worried that if I ever lost mine, there might be files stored somewhere in the operating system that shouldn't be floating around. There's a great company right out here in Vancouver called Fusion Point, and they're making this really cool technology because typically when you encrypt a, a laptop, you have to use a password. What, they're, what they have done is they got this patent technology to allow you to use your phone as, as the authenticator. So it uses Bluetooth, and what it does is when your phone is near your laptop, it will automatically unlock if you walk away from your laptop with your phone, it will lock up. So that's something that you might want to uh, consider. They have a consumer version. It only costs $20 a year. And basically, you can make your phone the authenticator to unlock your laptop. In the event that your, your laptop gets stolen, you can actually, um, on the back end, just remotely lock it so that nobody can ever get into it. Even if they have your phone and your laptop, you could still go 
and and shut it down so that they can't use it. And that might be something that you might want to look into. It's a it's a great service, and it's a company called Fusion Point, and the 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 product is called Quick ID. Yeah, another thing too. Uh, many of the Windows versions uh, have this, uh, especially the professional versions. Uh, they've got a feature called BitLocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so see if uh, your Windows has that. That's another way for you to actually uh, do full disk encryption uh, as well to really lock that laptop uh, down. Uh, a lot of folks uh, use uh, LoJack as well from Absolute Software. That's right. Uh, which is a great uh, service. It's uh, something you install onto your laptop, and it goes right down to the BIOS level, so that if anyone ever steals it. Uh, you can actually uh, phone the LoJack people and they can track it down. Yes, and uh, they've done that before where somebody stole a laptop and they used a front-facing camera to actually get a, uh, a visual of the person <laughs> using hilarious. the laptop. Yeah, it's amazing. Very cool. We're going to uh, take another break, but uh, we will take more of your calls. The numbers again, 604-280-9898. If you're phoning long distance anywhere in Canada, one 399 And uh, one of our callers will uh, win a pair of Logic's earbuds today so uh dial in you're listening to get connected brought to you by london drugs here on the chorus radio network back after this you're back with get connected mike agarbo here with andy barrar in a little while we'll uh be getting app of the week with uh christina but we'll take a few more calls right now we've uh, got ken on the line hey ken hey how are you good what can we do for you quick question what's your take on nokia making a resurgence in the cell phone division i know crazy news right yeah uh, so Microsoft, uh, back uh, a little while ago, uh, bought Nokia, which yep. used to be the biggest cell phone manufacturer in the world. Yeah. How far they've fallen, you know, essentially. Uh, you know, they weren't able to keep up with all the innovation that uh, uh, Google with their Android operating system uh, was doing uh, and uh, the Apple iPhone. Uh, Microsoft bought them. Uh, their uh, their mobile division, and uh, they wanted to basically really get into the whole uh, mobile device space with their Windows phone, Um, that really hasn't panned out so much. So uh, they're still making uh, cell phones, Microsoft is, but they've taken the Nokia name right off of it. They're now Microsoft Lumia Windows phones. Uh, And now uh, news uh, this week here, uh, Nokia is going to be coming out with uh, new phones. There's still a Nokia over in Finland, and uh, they've essentially licensed the name uh, to some third-party cell phone manufacturer. You know, Microsoft purchasing Nokia was a smart move because this is one of the original cell phone makers. So that means they got a lot of patents. And typically companies will just buy a company for that those patents because you can license it out. So um, Windows phones haven't done very well. If you look at the market right now, they got about 2% market share in smartphones. I, I think they're done. What do well, you think? You know, with Windows 10, Windows 10 is, is, is fantastic on, on the desktop. So what they're trying to do now is to give an extension um, on the mobile side, and if you just all you gotta do is ask BlackBerry how this works out. Because if you don't have apps, you're not gonna be able to get people to come to your um, ecosystem. So what they really have to do is build their app database. Because right now Google has the most apps out there. I think it's over a million. Uh, Apple, of course, is right underneath them. But that's what you need. You need to create the ecosystem. Otherwise, you're not gonna be able to be able to do that. HP learned this when they tried to get into the tablet business with the HP touchpad. That went horribly wrong. Yes. They I still using, got one of those. Me too. I use it as a picture frame. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all it's good for. But the problem is now nothing works on it. No. 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 You have to root it and then basically and you can put, put Android, on, Android it, yeah. on it. Yeah. So uh, HP learned the, the lesson because they bought WebOS from Palm. Fantastic operating system. 
there was no apps, and you can't get people to buy your, your device if you don't have an ecosystem for them to consume content, in namely apps. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, we will be seeing uh, in the near future here Nokia phones back in the market, uh, obviously probably running Android. Yeah. yeah. Well, BlackBerry's doing that now with their Prev. They're running Android as well. So they're kind of giving – I think they're giving up on BlackBerry's uh, own operating system. Yeah, it's, because it's there's sad. So many, there's so many apps, and Google gives the operating system for free. You might as well take it. Yeah, how do you compete against that? Absolutely. Uh Interesting uh, service from Netflix. Uh, they just announced a, uh, a website you can go to. And uh, I want to thank uh, one of our uh, longtime listeners, uh, Peter Vogel, for uh, throwing it at me. Uh, fast.com. So if you want to see how fast your internet connection is at home, uh, you can basically go to that website, fast.com, and you don't even have to do anything. It just has a little meter there, and it shows you your download speed. So, so when I heard this news, my first question was, how much did Netflix pay for the URL, fast.com? Fast. <laughs> that probably wasn't very cheap. No. But have you, have you tried it? I tried it. Yeah, it's, it's simple. There's not much there. You no, just no, log just, on, and it shows you the speed. It, it shows you your, your download and upload speeds. Typically, a lot of people are using a, a service called Speedtest. Yeah. I think it's speedtest.net. Yes. And, uh, That's a little more robust because it'll show you your up, download and upload speed. Yeah, and it connects to a local server, and then it'll it'll give you that um, that that notification. But fast.com is a is a good service because the thing about Netflix is now that they're going to 4K, you need at least 16 down megabytes per second down to consume 4K content. Unfortunately for me, that's like the top end of my uh, my data at home. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I don't have the 100 megs like you Oh, do. I got 120 megabits yeah, down. See, I, oh, yeah, I've got like a whole internet factory at my house. Well, like, I, I got one the, the three teenagers and well, yeah, whatever what crazy stuff I'm doing. I use one of the smaller ISPs, yeah. Tech Savvy. Yeah, how are they? Uh, you know what? It's not bad. Yeah. The problem is the installation, the service is really bad, but once you get going, I have unlimited download. Like I don't have to worry about no data cap or anything like that. So, um, How much are you paying? I pay $50 a month. Mm, I'm paying a little more. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> I know paying, you are. You I think like, I'm paying it, like 110. It's amazing when I go to your house, how many connected devices to your network. Oh, my it's God. Like, it's like 30 or something. It's 40 now. 40? Yeah. Wow. I don't even know what half them are anymore. <laughs> it's probably all my neighbors. But, uh, yeah. I'm paying for all my neighbors' internet. <laughs> exactly. Assets. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we've uh, got Christina Stoyanova with App of the Week. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here in studio. It's that time of the week, App of the Week with Christina Stoyanova. Thanks for uh, coming in the studio. Thanks for having me. What do you got? Uh, I have an app. This one's available for Android, Andy. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, suddenly he's paying <laughs> Is attention Is it free? Now. Just, that's the next question. Yes, it's free. Awesome. It's Is a, it available for iPhone? Yes. Okay. It's, okay, now you got both our ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a Google app. I know, Mike, we were talking about Evernote briefly last week and how much you dislike Evernote. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Just, I just, every time someone, you know, what's your favorite apps? Everyone always says Evernote. I'm like, really? Do you use it still? Well, here's an alternative okay. to Evernote. It's called Google Keep. Google but, okay. Keep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's Google's Evernote. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, what it is. And so... What what does it do? What makes it different from Evernote? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not sure it's that much different, but if you prefer the the Google atmosphere, then this is the one for you. Um, so it lets you capture and edit, and it even lets you collaborate on notes. But uh, one thing that's really cool is that you can color code them so that you can easily search them after. Wow. I've, I've been through <laughs> yeah. all the note apps, by the way. Really? Yeah. Do you use I started, them? I started with OneNote. Yeah. Loved it. Then I went to Evernote. 
Then Google Keep came out of out of nowhere, so I jumped onto that. Is it, it fairly new? It wasn't. Well, no, it's been around for about three or four years. Okay, yeah. but it wasn't very robust when it first came out. It was just like notes. Yeah, and Evernote's very robust. Like you can put audio, pictures, and everything. It works on multi-platform. So uh, I'm gonna give Google Keep a try again. But like you know, I'm very loyal when it comes to these note apps, and it's hard to switch because all your notes are there. How do you like migrate all your notes away? It's true. But this one does do audio and it lets you take photos and it actually lets you set reminders, location-based reminders. So if you're at the grocery store, it'll give you the reminder, you know, pick up milk or whatever. Back in my day, <laughs> we would just write a list on paper and take that to the grocery store. Canada's tech expert, everyone. <laughs> I, I do the same thing, Mike. Yes. I write these lists yeah. and then I forget it at home. So I've kind of migrated to putting everything on your phone because a lot of people, your wallet, keys, and your phone are the three things you always have on you at all times. Google Keep, it's free. Yep. For iPhone and Android. Christina, we were talking about LinkedIn earlier on the show and the need to have different passwords for all your different sites. And I know you've covered password apps before. What's your favorite? I use LastPass. And so essentially... Um, that will keep, uh, I guess, reminder for all the different passwords you have. Yeah, so what it does is it lets you generate secure passwords that are ones that you probably wouldn't be able to generate on your own. Yeah. And it stores them for you and you have a master password that lets you into that vault. So once you enter that master password, it will auto-populate the passwords for all your other sites as you're cruising online. Uh, mobile and on your yeah, laptop? it's got a mobile app. Yeah. Um, so it's don't, a don't, great don't they have solution. A paid, they have a free version and a paid one. Right? Uh, yeah, I believe you can't use the mobile app on the free version. I use the paid, but it's $12 a year for that much more security. Like, it's a no brainer. Oh, so you've paid it? Yes. Yeah, definitely. And what if you forget that password? What happens? Uh, you know what? That's a great question, Mike. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> too sure. Then your sure. life is You should write a screwed, note, really. Don't forget <laughs> the password. Password for last pass. <laughs> and uh, obviously available for all the different platforms yeah. as well. Yeah. And there's other ones too, like Dashlane is another one that is very popular and people really enjoy using. Do you, do you use these, Andy? No. No. I use an algorithm for all my passwords. So in my head, I can like decrypt what my password should be because I kind of have this little formula and uh, it's, it's kind of worked. So your password's password one, two, three, essentially. No, no, no it's, uh, <laughs> it's one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. <laughs> Andy Barrar. Uh, and what bank do you bank with? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Want to thank all, uh, all the folks that helped put the, uh, the Get Connected show together. Of course, Andy Barrar, my co-host and producer, Christina Stoyanova, uh, who comes in with uh, App of the Week, and the rest of the folks at the office, Wes, Sherry, Paul, and, of course, AJ as well. This is Mike, Andy, and Christina logging off. We'll see you again next week.